Hello, everybody. Megazard X here. Back at it again to give you another very exciting podcast episode, that being my episode 23. And I'm going to switch things up for this um, episode. You know, we're to the very start of a brand new year. We're no longer in the year of 2021. We are in the year of 2022. Hard to believe that we already been past a whole entire year and made it to a brand new one. I was like, you know what? Time's just kind of getting away from me. It just seems like the days are just moving a little bit faster. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Some days it's good, some days it's bad, whatever, though. But anyway, to switch things up, normally I'll talk about my whole pop culture, gaming news-related stuff. But, you know, with the holidays and stuff, um, you know, time or news has been relatively slower. So I was like, you know what? What can I possibly do? And I was like, you know what? I hadn't done this before. But I might as well go ahead and do it. So it, tonight, the main major focus will be I'll be doing a year in review for the year of 2021. Just talking about all the gaming related stuff. Obviously, if I were to spend all my time on it and literally talk about every single game that has released in 2021, it'll take like several parts to do this. So I have a main major emphasis on Nintendo stuff. We'll sprinkle a little PlayStation stuff here and there um, in the in the forecast, though. And I'll talk about most of the games I've played, some games i heard about, some other bigger games. I know they're popular, but i not played them, or maybe some that my friends have played relatively. Just, you know, a big old spread between all those 12 months we got within the year of 2021. So that's a major emphasis. And then I will shift over after that, and I'll be talking about my game of the year. And I'll actually give, like, three different top game of the year. I know I feel pretty confident with my number one, number two pick. The third one, I can honestly shift a lot of different stuff around, though. So, yeah, so those are the main major things, though. But before we get into the major highlight of that being those two segments, I'm actually going to talk about a quick news segment that I felt like was pretty critical that I feel like I really need to talk about and discuss um, before I get into the other stuff, though, because I really would hate it if I skipped it on this podcast episode and try to wait and save it for the next one after this, though, because I feel like this one's pretty big, though. So, yeah, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump straight up into that first news topic, and uh, let's go ahead and get this podcast rolling. So here's the big news. And this one almost kind of caught me by um, a shock and surprise, though, because apparently we got GoldenEye 007 confirmed to be coming out or not 100 percent confirmed, but it's technically in the leak leak mill right now, though. And I was like, what the heck? Because, you know, if, if you know anything if you know anything about um, GoldenEye, there's like three different things that are kind of tying that thing up. Nintendo sort of kind of had the publishing rights on it because this was a game that originally launched on the N64. And then you have um, Microsoft associated because Rare were the ones that made them and Rare is owned by Microsoft currently at the moment. And then you got MGM for the sake of like the movie title license and how you can use that and stuff. It's a combination of those three things that make the game um, possible for it to be released on anything nowadays though. And I felt like there was one copy of GoldenEye that was almost gonna be released for the Xbox 360. It's out there now if you want to emulate it, whatever though. But I think Nintendo is basically saying, no, 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 no. You're not dropping that out without our permission. And I guess that just never came to the market, though. But here we are. I think it was roughly around New Year's Eve. And they said, hey, um, a lot of people noticed that a bunch of achievements have went up 
on you know Microsoft's um, front and a bunch of achievements for GoldenEye, you know, 007, the N64 version for Xbox. And that made people start scratching their heads like, wait a minute, have they actually managed to kind of work things out though? And I, I, I've just been listening to some some people that I've been roughly following and stuff. And it definitely seems like that is going to be the possibility. And even in the achievements, the, there was like a couple of people that went through and got all of them. And it was a couple of um, people from Rare that had all the achievements, though. So it's almost all, but not 100% confirmed that we may possibly get this for the Xbox. But then that kind of raises some questions like, wait a minute, MGM, okay, you got the check mark. Microsoft, all right, you got check mark there, but the third check mark is Nintendo. In no good way do I see them possibly getting Goldeneye on the Switch. Oh, not on the Switch. Goldeneye on the Xbox Series platform, so you probably have an Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, and as well as the Xbox One, of like a remaster version. That's what Xbox will get, but there's no way that Microsoft can get their hands on that, and Nintendo didn't say, hey, I wanted a piece of the pie, too. So I feel like there's a couple of different ways that they can possibly pull this off. And I'm thinking in terms of how they can pull it off, we do know that Nintendo has their Nintendo Switch expansion pack. So with their expansion pack, I'm like, okay, you know what? There's got to be a way how they can implement that because they could put the ROM, you know, the old school version of it and go ahead and throw that up on there for the Nintendo Switch expansion pack. And that'll give incentive for people to come and buy it, though. But at the same time, I'm like, you're going to have, like, a superior HD version remaster on the Xbox Series system, but we only going to get the plain vanilla? I'm thinking it's going to play out one of two ways. Let's just say that on the Nintendo front, because I know Xbox was definitely going to get it, but with Nintendo, let's just say that for GoldenEye, they have like a standalone release for it and people could buy it 15 bucks or so and it's the same version there that you have with microsoft let's say that they add cross play because you know you can do cross play with um with microsoft microsoft in games such as uh, like minecraft and actually you have cross play between them because you know nintendo and microsoft have been getting a little more buddy buddy over the years though so i can see that you can have a standalone release for there and then you can also say, hey, Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack users, if you want the game, quote-unquote, for free, or you want to play the original version of it, you can also play it on the Nintendo Expansion Pack. I'm thinking that's one way they can do it. So you can do it like dual like that, or just say, hey, you know what? Or another interesting thought, they can actually release it as a standalone release so people outside of the Switch Online will pay for it, but the people with the expansion pack say, hey, you can download this akin to like Tetris 99. And with Tetris 99, you know, you could you could download it, play it online or whatever, though. Maybe they do some kind of check or whatever, though. And then they're just like, hey, here you go. You can play it as long as you have the expansion pack active. I feel like that's like one of the couple main ways that I feel like they're going to try to pull this off. So I think between both of those two scenarios, I feel like something's going to play out. Either you're going to get like a the original ROM only, or we can get the original ROM vanilla. I'll just go GoldenEye vanilla. GoldenEye vanilla and GoldenEye HD, or we're just going to get straight HD. I feel like there might be a possibility we can get vanilla and the HD version. At least I hope. But... You know what? It can go either way, or shoot, for all we know, GoldenEye could just can go straight to the Xbox, and then we don't get anything on the Switch side. I hope not, 
because I really do feel like Nintendo does need to capitalize on this. And there's a lot of people that will probably play it on the Nintendo platform, but then quite a bit of people will probably play it on the Xbox side, though, too. But I'm, I'm just really hoping that Nintendo for sure could actually work something out so that way we can be able to play because it's been a while since i played golden Eye. i remember playing golden Eye back in my college day or well not college late high school days um and i remember playing four player we should we playing up past midnight two o'clock almost three o'clock in the morning playing that game that that game goes hard whenever you got a good crowd of people playing around with you so i think it'll be the best opportunity for it to release on the switch and the xbox the HD version of it and have crossplay so you can play between the two. I think that's the best case scenario for it because it is going to be interesting that this all manages to work out and we're able to finally get this game re-released and even a more superior version than um, what we originally had. So yeah, so I'm really hoping that that is definitely the case. But yeah, so I think that's pretty much it in terms of that major news. I mean, that, that's been kind of forming up quickly right after New Year's Eve and stuff. It's been kind of a short little buzz. But you know what? If, if this is anything to kind of set the tone for for the year of 2022, I mean, shoot, that's some pretty good news to start off with the brand new year, though. And in terms of how they announce it, uh, maybe they drop it out. It was like a Twitter release. They drop it out on their YouTube channel or something like that. Or... um. I, th I think they'll treat it kind of like how they did po Paper Mario, the Origami King, and they'll probably synchronize it with Xbox. So, the, the you know, the, the videos both drop on both their channels at the same time or whatever, though. I don't know if it's something that you'll probably wait until a Nintendo Direct for it to release on, but nonetheless, I, I, I would just like to kind of see a quick turnaround. Drop it, um, drop the trailer, say, hey, it's coming soon, and it could be like one, two, or three days out in advance, and then, boom, the, the game drops out. So, hopefully, it's a quick turnaround from official release announcement to the uh to the actual release of the game though so yeah so so here's hoping on that though but that's pretty much it in terms of the golden eye news that i wanted to kind of quickly update y'all but y'all gotta let me know in the comment section down below what all do you think about um this little bit of the news confirmation because i mean man I, i'm really i'm ready to throw down on golden eye it's been gears and i really want to go back and play this game though so yeah so that's basically all the news i have on that so that takes care of the quick news that i wanted to go through and discuss so now let's go ahead and jump up into the main topic of the night that being my year in review for the year of 2021. All right, so here we go. So the year in review for 2021, I, I think this year has been truly something. It's been truly phenomenal um, for the most part though. And you know what? I was going back and putting this list up together for all of the things that we got all the way from January, all the way up to December. And golly, there was a, it was a crap ton of stuff and I couldn't even fit everything up on this list. But I was like, what the heck? Like there, there's an absolute ton of things though. So let's just go ahead and jump up in the month of January though. So in January, I didn't feel like, at least for me personally, there wasn't like a crazy amount of stuff that was going on. Usually January is typically a slower kind of a month, but we did get Altera Ryza 2 that released on January the 26th. I, me personally, I know I didn't get this game, but I think my friend Mario did, because I know he was a fan of the first one, and I think I'm pretty sure he got the second one, though. But I, I remember when the first one came out, and people... 
I, it, there was nothing crazy or nothing like super out there that made that game like super eye drawn, except for the fact that if you if, if you know if you really like um that character's design, I mean like people just attracted to her thighs or something like that. I I I I don't know what what's what's going what's up with people in that though. But, but I feel like that was like the main draw. I don't know. It's something with the art style or something like that. I think that's what visually drew most people into that series though. And it is one of the more top performing um games within that the all tier um series right there because Ryza just happened to be like a, a lot more of a popular character and things like that so yeah so yeah so we, we started off the year with that not too much other stuff that went on in the month of january though but in february that's when stuff started to click real hard and when i mean hard i mean real hard because on you know february the 12th we did manage to get 3d world plus bowser's fury and i was like wait oh shoot i remember the build of this this was the last game that was confirmed for the mario 35th anniversary man that's hard to believe the mario 35th anniversary um it you know it ended at the very beginning of this year and golly i, I feel like that's so long ago but, you know, with this, they made the inclusion, they, they made the game a little bit faster um, compared to the Wii U original. And then they turned around and um, added online to it so you could play with your friends online for the 3D world aspect of it. But that wasn't just it for the game. They added a whole new segment, Bowser's Fury. Um, takes about roughly about three to five-ish hours to complete if you're not trying to 100%. If you're trying to 100% like how I did, I think it roughly took me about 10 hours or so. I think it took one of my friends alexis about nine something hours to complete as well though so about roughly about 10 depending on your speed to go through and beat though but that bowser's fury though i think that was that one game where i was like it kind of defined where mario could potentially go in the future because it was like almost open it was well basically a small version of an open world like you literally almost can go anywhere um wherever you saw your eyes as long as there was a way or a path to kind of get up there it was pretty cool the bowser mechanic how you just like you know spawn out of nowhere and just wreak havoc upon you no matter where you were at on on that like island kind of ish paradise it was just crazy i do remember the game having some kind of you know technical rough issues with kind of keeping up with all the different things that were spawning in everywhere but outside of that it was a it was a marvelous fantastic experience i mean that alone justified me paying for the buy the 3d world plus bowser's fury in comparison to just the 3d world because i will say 3d world it was one of those games i was like you know what i honestly did not think that there would be anything lower at least in terms of ranking all the 3d marios below mario sunshine and 3d world was just that for me because i felt like 3d world was like one of those games that i felt like it was more geared towards people playing together and if you're just playing by yourself through it even though you had the inclusion of online, it, it just didn't hit well for me. I don't know, though. But but that Bowser's Fury thing, that's the thing I really loved about that. And that's the main takeaway I took away from that, though. But, yeah, so starting off February, pretty strong with that. Moved over a little later in the month. On February 23rd, we did get the release of Persona 5 Strikers. I think it was, like, one of my most favorite games of the year. And I was like, dang, I was like, th this didn't really feel like a Musou game at all. It was basically a sequel to the original Persona 5, the vanilla version of it. And they did a quite a bit of stuff with this. I mean, I felt like it was more like a Persona 5 sequel, more so than a Musou game, kind of comparison to like what we have with the um, like the Legend of Zelda um, Hyrule Warriors. I mean, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Like, I felt like this one felt more akin to his na natural nature than even that game right there, though. 
but yeah so overall i really did love all the stuff like that this was the first game that actually kind of got me into the persona series and from there i went and played persona 5 royal a little later on about midsummer-ish or so though but yeah persona 5 strikers that was just an amazing game characters were strong as ever um mm -hmm. ju just the action ability or the fighting ability that you were able to kind of pull off in the game the combat felt real good it just felt very true and very faithful to persona and the five the persona five vibes that um it was given off though so i really did love and enjoy that game though now moving over to february the 26th we did get the release of bravely default 2 this was previously um announced i want to say uh i can't remember if it was announced um the year of 2020s um you know, Game Awards, or was it the year of 2019's Game Award? I can't remember which one of the two, though, but I know it was announced at a Game Award, and then it finally managed to release right here and then, though. But yeah, Bravely Default 2, for the most part, it, it did all right. It, it seemed to do okay. Some people, I think, preferred the Bravely Second series more so than, um, than the Default 2, and... I don't know. Some people were kind of upset about that. Some people were fine about it, though. But yeah, it was another RPG to kind of add into the mix of February. So February had a good chunk of games that released in that month. It did fairly well, though. But then when you roll over to March, oh boy, things get interesting for some really good reasons, for really good reasons and some really mixed reasons. Because uh, on March the 4th, we did manage to get Mithra and Pyra that got added into Smash Brothers Ultimate. And I was begging for those characters for the bare, for the longest time ever. I think me and my friend Sonic Q the most. I think we were rooting for these characters since uh, maybe midway throughout the the first wave of DLC for like the pack one. But we finally, finally, finally got these characters. And I think my reaction, I think, was even on the channel. You can you can find that somewhere on my channel though. But oh man, I, I just loved it. Even more so the fact that when we got Pyra, I was like, all right, I was expecting. If there was going to be a Xeno 2 rep, I knew it was going to be Pyra, but I didn't know they were going to do Pyra and Rex or Pyra and Mithra or I don't know which way they were going to or they could do just Rex or whatever, though. But then when that slow-mo hit and they showed Mithra talking and then um, and then Pyra swapped the Mithra, I was like, oh, this is the complete package. This is like our Zelda Sheik equivalent, like what we used to have back in the day with like Melee and Brawl. I was like, oh, yes, please. And I think since then, I've been maining the crap out of them. They're, they're some of my most enjoyable um characters i think they're like literally i think they're my main is kind of up there with yoshi though but yeah they play phenomenal they're just great characters i think one of my most favorite dlc picks out of all of it um to be honest though so in in terms of playing they they feel the best the announcement was also pretty good as well though now moving over to march the 12th we did get the um release of crash bandicoot 4 now with crash bandicoot 4 I know it's been a game that most people have been really wanting to have for like the longest time ever. And it finally happened. It is kind of a little bit unfortunate for the fact that um the way how Activision Blizzard's kind of going from this point forward though, I mean it doesn't look like the Crash fans are gonna be able to get another game here soon because it seems like the studio that made it kind of got merged into I believe their core studio. <coughs> Where there can be releasing more Call of Duties and stuff of that nature, though. But it seemed like Crash Bandicoot 4, it did okay. It didn't do nothing crazy, though. But I know the fans of the series, um, you know, really liked it. It is a platformer. You have to really love platformers. And I know for the most part, I, I know 
crash games. I think by the time you get to the end, what is it, 104, 106%, something like that. By the time you get to that point, you're doing some, like, some really tight platforming to be able to accomplish all the things that you want to do um, within that, though. So, I, yeah, so I know who shoot. I know Crash 4. been some things that, you know, some fans have been really wanting um, for the longest time, though. I'm just kind of glad they got it before, you know, Blizzard started acting, like, really crappy or, you know, kind of really mixed along the way and whatnot, though. And I won't go too far down that rabbit hole, though. But yeah, Crash Bandicoot 4 released on March the 12th. Now, jumping over to March the 26th. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I know how I started the March segment off, and I said yeah, there's going to be some goods and there's going to be some bad. This is kind of one of them bad leaning towards the ugly side of things because with Battle and Wonder World, I know there's some people out there that was really anticipating, really talking it up. If you ever listen to RGT85 on, on on his YouTube channel, he was really talking this game up, thinking it's like his AAA and two different buttons and the way how they kind of distribute the powers or how you're able to kind of assess or get those powers to be able to kind of navigate around the world and stuff. It didn't seem to be too hot for the most part, though. So I was like, what the heck? And um, since then, this game has gotten criticized criticize criticize and i was like oh my gosh i kind of felt really bad i felt really bad for that game series though and i was like man it, it kind of sucks how bad that is literally to the point where i think whoever that director was that was it for him and square Enix. like square Enix was like nope no nah, this, this game's a bust i feel like this could be one of those rare games in the future where they're like you know what because they didn't print that many copies, it could actually get rare and it could be you know, more get more of a value on it um, later in the future. I know one of my friends actually managed to buy the game and I was like, what the heck? But uh, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's playing that, that big chess move and trying to do that big play move or whatever though, where, you know, we're not thinking that this is gonna be any good game or anything good in terms of value to hold on to, but who knows? He might know something, I don't know. But you will never probably ever catch me <laughs> buying or playing this game. Shoot, they could put that game down to five bucks and I still ain't gonna get it. It might be one penny. I probably still wouldn't get it because there's a lot of other games, at least on my backlog and stuff like that, where I was like, no, there, there's just no way I'll even have the time to play this game, This, you know, with all of the kind of bad vibes and stuff that's been given off though. But yeah, so that's it. On Battle and Wonder World, I can't even talk too much about it. But I really kind of hope that Metroid Dread doesn't sell three million because I really do want to see Sean play that on his channel, though. Like, like that's been talked about so much on the Spawncast, though. I was like, oh man, that that was just pretty funny, though. But also, on the very same day, we did get the release of Monster Hunter Rise for the Nintendo Switch. It was an exclusive, a console exclusive for the Switch. Later, came out and released on the PC, though. But this game, this game was big. And I mean, it was huge. Because with this game, I mean, they, they tore this, I mean, they, they tore every little aspect of this thing up. Like, like I felt like they were drawing more people into the series than ever. I mean, shoot, I don't even play a lot of Monster Hunter. But it even got me to go out and buy a Monster Hunter Rise Pro Controller, a, uh, a Monster Hunter Rise, uh, what was it, Special Edition Switch. And I got the game. I didn't even get the game. I literally bought the game like twice. Wound up giving one copy away to my cousin as like a Christmas gift. The other copy I kept digitally because it came with my Switch itself. And I felt like, oh, and I got a steel case for the thing. Like I, I literally went from zero to nothing. 
I hadn't put all the time I needed to play up in it, but I'm hoping to play it um, this year, probably part of my stream series or whatever, though. But I think that's basically the main plan for it, though. Uh, looks like I got someone popped up in here. Uh, Steven, how's it going? Decided to hop in. You talking oh, okay. about the games of the year? Uh, not game of the year. Right now, I'm doing my year in review. So I'm currently in oh, the month okay. of March. Just hit the point where we're at with Monster Hunter Rise. I'll just quickly go over like those a couple of these. 3D World, amazing. Uh, Bowser's Fury is like really good. Uh, Pyra and Mithra, they're good. Balan Wonder World is bad. Um, Rise is pretty good. They just need more content, and I think that's caught up now, right? Yeah, that, that, that's basically it. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. So Monster I don't know Rise, what you said. Oh, yeah. go ahead. I was saying I don't know what you said about Balan Wonderworld, but uh, oh no, sorry. I said I said uh, literally <laughs> I said that thing could be one penny, and I still got a lot of the other games in my backlog, and I still wouldn't get it. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's fair. <laughs> I did mention how a hacks bought the game, and maybe it's pulling the big power move on us. Maybe that game will actually be worth something because of how little copies they managed to print. I don't know. No, like you can. It's like fifteen bucks right now on like everything. It, it yeah. Maybe like know. someday in the far future it will be. That, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. The far future, like like by the time, however old the GameCube is right now, put that same difference with the Switch when Battle Wonder World release, and then put it that many years off in the future. That's how far I'm talking. Yeah, like I don't know, so but that'd usually be like about twenty years from now or something like that. And we'll from what see. I've, from, we were discussing this the other day. From what I've seen, usually the games that get value, the games that like get extremely valuable or like good games you don't really see many games that people hate they get super expensive because obviously there's no demand for them people most of the time people are only gonna buy a really expensive game if they like it yeah that is true Mo most of the time but every now and then you'll get them rare ones that are kind of bad like there's like one spider-man game that doesn't play really good but it literally only sold like 1,500 copies, and that's what makes that one really rare. It's not like a good game or anything like that, but you get them one obscure or like rare gems. Sometimes they're like that. I don't know. Is that, but, are you talking about the one, the, the Web of Shadows or whatever, that one meme one? I think it is. You know remember. that one? You know that one game where it's like the meme of like Spider Man walking away with a bunch of like helicopters oh, crashing I, behind yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it that. I think that it's one. from that. It may be that one. You might be right. That that one. I like that. I like that meme. Okay. But yeah, um, Balan Wonder World sucks, and I really hope it doesn't get valuable. Let's hope. Not. Uh. Alright. Also, yeah. Rise. Something sorry. about Rise. I I think I said a good chunk of my stuff on Rise. Unless you had something to say on Rise. You, you should play it more. It's a really good game that just needs more content, which they're adding. Yeah, because they do but have a the DLC first... expansion thing that's coming out in the summer of this year, so not too far away, though. But it, it has it's... enough to get people going. I mean, like, most people, if they play oh, it, got anywhere, like, up to 120-ish hours, like, once you get Yeah, got... for those... So it's for, I was gonna say it's like it's kind of like Animal Crossing where the first hundred so hours are like really good, and then like you just run out of stuff to do so quickly once you get to a certain point in that yeah, game. Which, I think most people probably do run into that little bit of um, run into that little bit of a problem. 
But I feel like that could be almost with any game, to be honest. Yeah, like it is like it is an issue not exclusive to Monster Hunter. Definitely not exclusive to Monster Hunter. It's just that it's very apparent with this game because like you know, like especially after like Monster Hunter World, which they did the whole like shtick with having like a DLC expansion to finish it later. But even hmm. that game, from what I heard from like other people, it got like new apexes and stuff every month. Like new content every month. I don't know. Oh like, yeah, it did. It did it, add that extra new content every month. Yeah, just, I do remember seeing that. I guess it just felt a little bit weird, especially with Monster Hunter Stories Two coming out afterwards and getting more content more consistently. Hmm. Well, like Rise got like an update. You know, it got the update that added the new story ending, but that ending was like really stupid and hmm. like didn't include anything. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it, yeah. Some stuff going for it, but um, and but it's not. It's certainly not that, the end of it, though. Yeah, and I kind of wish that game had crossplay with the PC version coming soon, but Nintendo kind of weird. Yeah. Oh no, no, it wasn't them. It was uh, I remember because uh, what was it? Uh, Capcom did release a, a statement on Twitter or something like that, and they yeah. said we have looked into it. But the way how it's set up, uh, we just couldn't get it to work or something like that. Like they said, they tried. And remember, oh, and, and I should probably should mention this too. Um, in terms of the online for Monster Hunter Rise, it's probably the best in terms of any Switch game with the way how oh, um, hell Rise yeah. works. Because uh, like it's it's pretty flawless. Even the few times I did play the the demo version, and I I can't remember if I did play it, like maybe one round or something like that with um Sonic Q of uh, the main game once I actually owned it for a little bit though, but. It is pretty flawless on my end, and everything else I saw from other people's streams and stuff like that. Like, like that that RE engine, oh shoot! It is the best game online wise that Nintendo has ever made, or like, or like helped make, or whatever. I, I think Nintendo. Before. Yeah, they kind of helped I, I with it know. because they remember they had um, this is using some of their new server ish. I say server ish. But they, they did make some updates to their online because remember how they said like they were using some kind of Windows oh, it is... or something? Like they yeah, were using something different. Server. Yeah, they were using a new server for this game, and hence it kind of shows. I really do hope they use that same server for Splatoon 3 because I, I can't afford an, a, lot, a lot of other disconnects or Apparently, whatever. Apparently, from what I've heard, the games that have used it so far are Super Mario Party with the new online update, Mario Party Superstars, and this. I haven't heard any more. Yeah. And which Mario Super but, uh, Mario Party is doing fairly good as well in terms yeah, of online, but, but we'll probably talk more about it once we work our way no. over there. Mario Party Superstars is not doing good with online at all. Remember last night? That's all I'm gonna say. In the <laughs> like the, the, the sense. online in that in game's the good. Sense. Yeah, the you, online in that game's Super good. Party, just, uh... Nobody could finish that one. But oh we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. More. Super we'll Mario. talk more about it when we get to it though. Super Mario Party, well, yeah, Super Mario Party, didn't the online update come out in March? I guess we'll just talk about that quick. About the, um, update? Oh, wait, uh, yeah, the, oh, mm, I didn't have that on my list, but I'm trying to remember, did it come out in March? I, it, I think it did. sometime in the spring, because they did that in preparation, it was before we knew about Super Mario, um, Superstars releasing, though, so I, it was sometime in the springtime, I think it did update and put where it made Super Mario Party have online compatibility, but it's more so them testing the waters, I think, before they got ready for Super Mario Superstars, though. But yeah, you are. And I'm right. glad they did. 
Yeah. But yeah, like I'm, I'm. That game is very good. It's just a good game. Uh, well, yeah, well, like, oh yeah, Rise, yeah, with the, uh, it's just a good game that functions well. Online is amazing, as we've discussed. The online in that game, like, Nintendo, take some notes. Also, the game runs super well. Like, that's another thing that people don't really talk about that well. Like, the game, <laughs> like, with how the game looks, it's a consistent 30 FPS at all times. Yeah, and, and at least with the art style, though, it, it does look really good, though, too. But yeah, so I think that's about it in terms of Monster Hunter Rise. So let's go ahead and jump over to the month of April. And gosh, this, this one always kind of stings me in some right places and some wrong places, though. But on but on April the 7th, we got the release of Pac-Man 99. Now, let me remind you, I guess Mario had to die for Pac-Man 99 to exist because it was like yeah. last month it died. And then literally, the next month, we got the release of Pac-Man 99. At first, I really loved the heck out of this game because me and Pac-Man go way back, man. I play a lot of Pac-Man on the N64, though. And this is the only game I, I can manage to be the last one surviving out of all those 99 players. And I can almost consistently do it so well. Yet with Tetris 99, I could never do it. They had all them different themes and stuff. I remember getting the Galaga theme, the Dig Dug theme. I was really digging it. But after you get like 10 of those pack ones, it just kind of lost its effect. And I can't say the last time I played it since. But uh, what what were your thoughts? I'm going to tell you right I'm gonna tell you right now, that game is just, it's just the problem is that it's fun for like two minutes. And that's it. It's just fun for two minutes. You play it, you're like, okay, that was, that was fun. Uh, there's no depth. Uh, there's no fun. I don't know. It's, I think the, the charm is lost because you don't really feel like you're playing against 99 other people. Yeah, and, and those Jammer Pac-Man, that, that's the thing that gets... really kind of changed things up, and that's the only yeah, the but they don't thing feel that like... difficult. But then again, yeah, you're not they don't even like... feel like... Yeah. It doesn't feel like garbage blocks. We're garbage blocks, and in Tetris, you know, I know you, you see this in Pac-Man too, but like you see the people attacking you in more ways than just a line. Like you know, you can you can target people in Tetris. If you like target somebody and then get like a giant combo, there's a good chance you're gonna kill them. You get rewarded for doing crazy shit. While in Pac-Man, what happens? They like it sends an extra jammer at them, maybe. I, right? I don't know. That game yeah, was never no, clear without like a bunch work. of red jammers. So then it's like if you don't get if you're caught around where you're not around a um a power pellet. They slow you down over and over the white ones. The red ones, if a red jammer one, that's almost just as bad as a ghost. You just die and that's it. So that's how they yeah, try to make like, the, the difficulty curve up on there. Yeah, the whole problem is that it just doesn't feel like it's other players. It feels like it's a game of... It just feels like installing you know, in corners and just like camping is how to do it. And that's how to well, do it. Yeah, I got like 20... And I got like, the fruit. The fruit... Man, yeah. you're gonna eat the fruit up in that game. There, there's no way beating around it. I forgot. Did you have lives? Was there, were there lives in that game? Was it no, three no, no, lives? No, no, no. It was no, it was it. No, you only had that one life. Once you you died, that was it. Yeah, like I don't, that game. It just it needed more. Even Tetris has like side modes that they added. You know, add they added like survival, CPU, private battles. They do have a few of those oh, for Pac-Man 99. Oh, I just can't yeah. remember what they are. You needed to pay. You needed to pay fifteen dollars to use the private battles. 
that that kind of did sting because i imagine it probably would have hit a lot better if you would have had the private battles because then uh you, you can hook up with at least some of your friends or maybe somebody's streaming the game so you can throw all y'all up in there so it feels a little bit competitive but the fact that that was not even included like with tetris 99 did kind of sting quite a bit yeah well like, no i don't know here's why. the thing tetris added them later but they gave them to everybody yeah and maybe another reason why Pac-Man 99 kind of made me feel a little kind of eh in the long run was the fact that it's not like Tetris where you get themes every month that gives you incentive to come back and play it. Because literally, if it wasn't for the themes every month, I might have picked Tetris 99 up like once in like three blue moons or something like that. But because of the consistent themes, at least I'm coming back to playing it at least either once every month or like once every other month. Like no yeah. more than two months go I by. Not to mention how Pac-Man doesn't even have good themes. I don't know. Those themes are just well, kind of Galaga boring. Well, the and the Dig Dug thing were pretty cool. But the rest of them, unless you played the other games that um, Bandai Namco released back in the arcades, then you might not have any personal affinity towards them. Those are the only two I actually well, no, purchased. Yeah, but then you got, like, oh, you got, like, other Namco ones. Aren't they all, like, $3 each, or am I wrong? I can't remember the price much... on it. it. It is something it's like just, that. It, it's dumb. It's dumb, because in, even in fucking Tetris 99, you didn't have to pay for themes. It felt like a special event. Like, oh, unlock it now, or you're not going to get it. While in Pac-Man, it's just, okay, you pay for it. Oh, yeah. okay, we gave out, like, a free one once in a while. That's cool or something. That's like, it doesn't feel like there's any, like, actual fun in any of it. Yeah, Pac-Man 19... Yeah. Pac yeah, Pac I don't even know if it was... I'm get. I don't know. Like, it just feels like something they put together because Bandai Namco kind of wanted just a game on Switch Online. Like, oh, Bandai Namco was like, oh, we want a Switch Online game or something, and then they were like, oh, Pac-Man. People like Pac-Man. People love Tetris 99. There we go. Yeah, but I think that's about it in terms of Pac-Man 99. But on April the 30th, we did get the release of new. Pokemon Snap. The uh, new Pokemon started, Snap. Heard... Oh shoot. That that that, that was heard... that was crazy. Oh, what were you saying? Did you get it? Did you get it? I forgot if you had it. Oh no, no. Pokemon I didn't I didn't Snap. get it. My brother got it though. At any point so I think good. It, did, did uh, he get it digitally? I can't remember if he got it digitally or physically. I can't remember. If he did get it digitally, honestly would have access to playing it anytime I want. I, I don't know. I, I just hadn't dabbled with it. But anyway, though, but this was the game that a lot of people have been wanting and begging for the longest time. And, like, every time a Nintendo Direct was announced, people were like, are we getting Pokemon Snap? No. We didn't it literally got to the point where I think, like, right before this was, I think, it, yeah, it was announced in a Direct. I didn't see hardly anybody talking about it at all in the, their predictions for the Direct. And then they announced it, and then everybody was flipping their crap. They're like, what the heck? Well, it yeah, finally happened. It was during... It was during the first Pokemon Presents, because they had two of them. One, they announced Pokemon Unite. The other was, like, a couple small games. Yeah. But, uh, I'll tell you right now, sorry, Pokemon Snap is the best Pokemon game in a while. Just, like, presentation What? It's so... Oh, well, no, it no, visually. So oh, no, it, it does look it, really good, because Bandai was the one that basically helped made it. I don't. And, I'm not even just talking visually. It's got so much replayability. It's like everything that you 
expect from a sequel to the first Pokemon Snap. It's got replayability, it's got tons of levels, it's got tons of like special scenarios that you gotta think like you gotta figure out how to unlock, you know? It's got a ton mm-hmm. of that. It's and got they, like they even went back and added stuff to the game post launch. Yeah. They added a free update, which they never they, they didn't even have to do. They added a free update that added like I think three new areas. And like they added like a new way to experience most other areas, I think. And like, mm-hmm. you know, new Pokemon and stuff. Basically if they do any more of those, like the game and also I seen people saying, Oh, I don't wanna buy this for six dollars and i'm like oh you bought pokemon for sixty dollars you have no fucking excuse like if you buy like if, if someone buys like a game like sword and shield for sixty dollars but then they say that new pokemon snap is not worth sixty no in, in my opinion in my we're gonna get to this later again if a game is fun and you like it it's worth, like, I don't know, if, if a game, if you get your worth out of a game and you can truly call a game a masterpiece, then it's worth $60. I'm not calling Pokemon Snap a masterpiece, but I really like it, so I think it's worth $60. And that's, like, the main reason why I know a lot of people, and a lot of friends of mine didn't get it. Yeah, which I guess it kind of plays, because I definitely know that this game is kind of one of those games that kind of appeals more so to the casual audience. Because, you know, it's, it's a very oh, relaxed yeah. kind of game. Like, you just kind of sit there, take pictures. Not like you don't take a lot of pictures in other games with, like, your screenshots or whatever and post them on Twitter anyway. So I imagine this game probably took off in terms of that. But I'm just surprised I didn't see a lot more pictures in my Twitter feeds. I was kind of expecting to see a lot more, but I really didn't, which was kind of shocking. Because they, they really didn't advertise it much. It just came out. And that's the sad thing. They put all their fucking advertising budget into shit like BDSM. I mean, BDSP. Mm. But yeah. You know, I just like that game, New Pokemon Snap. I really hope I. Here's the thing: I would say it didn't sell well, but no, it's Pokemon. It sold well. It's just that like they have high standards over there at Pokemon Company for like what a good selling game is. Yeah. So like we're we're not even gonna know. I don't know. We don't even know if it's gonna if if it's successful. If we'll get a sequel, I kind of hope we do. Yeah. So yeah. So it, it did fairly good. It, it seemed to be pretty cool and whatnot, though. So I was like, yeah, I, I thought it did fairly well for the most part, though. But I, it's got so much life and charm and like really cool animations as well. I forgot to mention. Hmm. Like, people talk about high-quality animations, you know, with as the meme in Pokemon, but it does. It's got high-quality animations everywhere. Yeah, God damn so, it, man. I love this fucking game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I, I did appreciate, at least for what it did visually, and I, I'm just kind of glad for all the people that have been begging for that game. So now that they got their game, Please, Pokemon Company, give me my Pokemon Ranger. It's about due time for me to be able to give me give me something. To, I don't know how it will work, because I know you had to use the stylus on the DS or whatever, though. But please give it to me. Oh, you ain't got no excuse now. All right. Now, 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 with that out the way, I think that's about it in terms of most of the notable April stuff that I had up on here, though. So we'll go ahead and jump over to May, because... Um, wait, hold on here. I'm, I'm looking at my lifts. What the heck? Hey, do you remember what um what month that um Metopia released? Was it in the month of May? 
It was in May. It was in May. Dang, I didn't have that on May my 20... release date. I didn't. I didn't have it. I on... think... Wait, what date? It was May twenty first. May twenty first, I think. Well, then we'll go ahead and talk about that next. I didn't have that on my list, but then it just kind of dawned on me after. I did. So yeah, so we did get the launch of Metopia, well, and I well, remember sorry. they had that. Oh, go ahead. I was well. I was. Just, I was about to say. To be fair, it's not really a big conversation. It's. It is a port, more than anything. I mean, it is kind of a port, but then at the same time, didn't they give it like its own title or whatever? Though, like it is technically. It, it no, it's, it's, it's just Metopia. Oh, it's, okay. it's the same. Yeah, it's the, the, it's the same Metopia. game. It is literally everything the about same? everything about it in the game, content-wise, is mostly the exact same. And in the remaster, they add all of the new customization for Mies and the horse. Pretty sure that's it. Hmm. Okay. Well, Everything I do else remember... was in the original game. I do remember, at least with the Me Maker, I, maybe that was the biggest, most important thing that came out of that. Because the Me Maker, at least in terms of the demo or for the people that bought the game, that was the probably the most craziest thing. Like, like I saw some really good looking Mii's, but you couldn't do that like on the base Switch or whatever, though. But whatever Nintendo's next console is, they need to pull that engine, whatever they did with that Me Maker from that game. And implement it like in just like the the system feature, cause man, those memes look pretty cool, man. I ain't gonna lie. They're not gonna do that though, just cause oh, it's gonna be it's like the main selling. Honestly, it's the main selling point of that game. Like I know, like a lot of people probably got Metopia so they could, you know, for for those wacky ass memes and you know, played the demo for that. Yeah. And like it's a fun game. It's a it's a pretty fun, just like simple RPG. That's like it's not really complex at all. But mm -hmm. doesn't it doesn't have to be, that's the whole point. It's fun. It's goofy as hell because it's about memes. If it took itself seriously, I wouldn't really like it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, pretty pretty straightforward and stuff. So we'll go ahead and move over to the next one. I don't have to say too much about it, except for the fact that it did release. Yeah. It kind of spin out of nowhere, <laughs> but Shin Megami Tensei 3 Remaster. The one thing I think a lot of people weren't expecting, but it was a welcome gift. It's another thing from Atlas, nonetheless, though. Uh, it gives you another way to kind of play through that game, though. But uh, yeah. I was like, huh. I was like, all right, Atlas. From, from, from what I've heard from Sonic, who's played it, they did, like, mess up some of the... Uh, like the cinematics are in like a weird ratio, and the uh, apparently like the audio has been slightly messed up at some points, or, or like music. I don't know. From what I've heard, it's not the best version of the game, which is weird. Like I don't know, but then they did also like add voices. I think that's what I remember hearing. I got you. That what? game I don't think had voice acting originally. Yeah, it didn't. Or at least from what I heard. But yeah, so I guess that's about it in terms of Shin Megami Tensei 3. But later on that month, uh, a couple of days later, we did get the release of Bomberman R Online. I dabbled with this a little bit. It is kind of fun for, you know, just like a short little experience because it is technically kind of free to play. Like, you, you can download it on your Switch. You can play some rounds online for free or whatever, though. And I think they kind of hit you with some of those, like, short little um, 
I was about to say monetization, uh, whatever that term is. I don't know why I'm not Battle pass. That. Or, yeah, like with battle passes and microtransactions. That's what I was looking for. Combination that, of those two, I guess, that, is how they make their money. That shit looking like the battle pass. Yeah. Yeah, because I do remember you, you can, like, buy different characters or whatever, though, and stuff like that, though. So I it, think... it's kind of fun to play it, at least for, like, me playing it for, like, 30 minutes or so. But after that, I didn't have any longevity with it. But you had Third, something? I... I just think the funniest part is how it just kind of proves that Bomberman R did not do so well, so they kind of needed to just reuse assets to make it money back. Yeah, yeah like, Bomberman I, R, I, didn't that release like on the first year that the Switch came out? Wasn't that a launch title? Yes. It was Bro. a launch title for Switch. It had cool costumes. It had a lot of Konami stuff in it, weirdly. and like, well, yeah, It was made by Konami, obviously. But a lot of like costumes based on like characters. Yeah, I think you had like a solid snake one, which is funny as hell. Mm, yeah. So yeah. So you you're pretty right on that. And uh, I I think that's about it in terms of Bomberman. I just want to mention it on yeah. there because I, I know some people like Bomberman and stuff like that though. But I mean, it's it's one of those well, I yeah, guess people, most notable like... free free to play games kind of ish. So I'm, I was I was like, why not? In my opinion, it has the exact same problem as uh, is Pac-Man, where it doesn't really feel like an online battle royale type game, which is you know what it is. It doesn't really feel like that in the slightest. Yeah. So I guess we'll go ahead and move over to the month of June, and this is where things get a little exciting. You know, this is the month that we did get um our E3 presentation. I'll slip that. I didn't have it on my list somewhere. But I'll slip it in the middle, I think, roughly where we got the date, though. But we did have a couple games that came out before we had E3. Um, one of the first things is on the 10th, we had the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection, which, honestly, I really like playing Ninja Gaiden. You can play the original one on the NES, on the Switch Online. I remember playing through some of that, and I was like, ooh, I was always kind of curious to get that, because I guess the Master Collection included Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, or the Sigma games, and then it had, like, that, that third version I can't remember the exact name of it, though. But I, I, I actually streamed myself playing the first game. And it, it's not an easy game. <laughs> let, me, let me get that straight. It's not an easy game. You got to know what you're doing. And you're going to learn real quick, though. You're going to die quite a bit. But it's not like crazy like Dark Souls or anything like that. The learning curve, you'll, you'll get it somewhat <laughs> a lot faster than that, though. But I did enjoy it for the time I played through it. I didn't touch the second and the third game because I hadn't finished the first game. It's one of those... Uh, I, I guess I just randomly play here and there, though, but I did enjoy my time with it, though. I heard the performance of the Switch one wasn't the best. I think... I don't know. I think it depends on which game, because I think 1, 2, and 3, some of them run slightly a little better than the others. I can't remember which ones without, like, looking it up or something like that, though. But the first one, when I was playing it, 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 it ran fairly fine. You can, you can even go back and look at my stream and everything, though, but... I mean, it, me playing through the first game for through those opening few levels, it, it was fine for me. I didn't notice any frame drops or anything like that. Yeah, I, those games I just don't necessarily care for. Yeah, so overall, pretty good. If, if you like Ninja Gaiden, you might as well. I think I managed to save a little bit. Not save a little bit. They, they did the thing on discount for like the Master Collection where they had the digital art stuff cheaper. And I was like, you know what? Might as well. So it was just one of those. I just threw an extra bone towards it, though. But that, that was basically it on that. 
also on the 10th, we'll throw a little PlayStation stuff up in here because uh, I, I did mention I'll throw a few things up in there. That was the release that we had Final Fantasy VII Integrate, the new repackaged thing that actually had the intermission DLC for Yuffie for Final Fantasy VII Remake. And it wasn't until way later. I'm talking about way later in the month of December until I actually managed to get the game, play through the original story, and play through the DLC and finish all of it, though. But that DLC, that 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 was some good stuff. I actually did like the way how they kind of implemented the whole, um, you could only control Yuffie, which was interesting. You're, you're used to jumping between, like, Cloud, Tifa, Barrett, Aerith, um, during your main story, though, but only sticking to one, I was like, how's this gonna work? But the way how she kind of attacks and stuff, you could be, like, in front of the person, and then hold the button, and then jump back, and then do your ATB stuff and stuff like that. They, they did change up the combat quite drastically with her, and then you could synchronize with your partner and stuff like that. So the battling and stuff, I was like, oh, that felt really good. I really do hope that they're able to implement Yuffie into the main story of Final Fantasy VII Remake since it kind of feels more like a retelling than like a remake. So I'm, I'm just hoping well, somehow they she... implement her into the main story. But I... what were you about to say? I'm pretty sure she was in the game, though. No, no she, she no, she game? is in the game in the original Final Fantasy VII, but she's optional. Like, you have to kind of go out of your way in order to get her to be a part of your party. There's like I'm some random sure encounter why... in some area, something something like that. Pretty sure that's why she has a side story, because she's not part of the main game. That's why her whole yeah. thing is like a DLC mission, because it's not going to matter that much in the grand scheme. Or I don't know. That's just like, to me, it's like, they probably just did this as a selling point for, you know, PS5 version. I think you can, like, they did make it so you can get get it on PS4, I think. Mm. Or some, yeah, like, you know, Intergrade. Oh, yeah. No, well, not, yeah. well, Intergrade no, not, not, not isn't integrate. available on PS4, but yeah. The, the baseline Final Fantasy VII Remake is, yeah, you can get that on PS4. But the whole Integrate stuff with D DLC and stuff, that's only playable no, on no, the no. PS5. No, the DLC I'm... is on PS4. It's just that the PS5 version with, like, you know, PS5 enhancements and all that is on PS5. No, 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 no. I, I think you got it backwards. No, that DLC for Yuffie, no, that's exclusive to PS5 because the way how they implemented some of the extra combat and stuff, no, that, that, that was only on the PS5. I'm checking this. I swear I see it on PS4. No, you, you see the baseline game of Final Fantasy VII, but you have to upgrade it to the Integrate version. And Integrate itself, which has the main story and the DLC, that's only tied to the PS5. That's the only way how you could play that stuff. So then people that are stuck on PS4s so are like, oh, we can't even play this DLC. Because they took they took advantage of that solid state drive and stuff and made it a little look a little better than what was the original version would have looked like. I'm trying to see, because, like, I know, like, there's a weird thing. You can get, like, on PS5, you can get Final Fantasy VII Remake without Intergrade. Like, I had the PS Plus version of the game on PS4, and I upgraded it to the PS5 version of the game, but without Intergrade. It's like Final Fantasy VII Remake, they did, like, a really weird situation. Yeah, I literally just Google searched it. Yeah, it, and the first thing it says is PlayStation 5. So, 
That is it. Because like, I, I, I do remember it's, that it's, PS5 upgrade and stuff and how it makes some of the textures and some of the performance stuff gets a little better, though. But I know that UP DLC, you have to have it on a PS5. Or yeah. I think it's possible now that they port it over to the PC, you can play it that way, too. But that's yeah, like yeah, yeah, one yeah. of it's... two other ways. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it is integrated on PC, but the PC version of that game is rough from what I've heard. Yeah, it's not like bad in terms of performance, but in terms of the extra bits of stuff that you're able to do in terms of like, I guess the resolution or how you want to do the frames and stuff like that. The crazy stuff that, that sure PC players just, are able to take pretty... advantage of, they, they don't have a lot of extra options in it. And on top of it being 70 bucks, it didn't kind of sit well with most PC games. Yeah. 70 bucks on PC is kind of stupid. Which they, like, they're not a, used to that yet. I got and, a question. Yeah. Is, this, is, this part, is this part of their whole PC, like PlayStation PC initiative or no? Because I thought those were going to Steam. Uh, but no, th remember, this is Square Enix, and Square Enix is different from yeah, PlayStation. But, well, so, game, but Square Enix did say, I guess, they're, oh, you're talking about their time exclusive. Uh, oh, yeah. I guess it kind of counts it, as a it, year, it doesn't but matter. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't really matter that much. And also, yeah, I'm pretty sure the timed exclusivity thing ended like a year after the game released. I think that's usually how it works. Usually, yeah. And then it's like once they added the, the DLC stuff, you would think it would have came to Xbox, but it's just taking a little longer. Maybe it's because of the, uh, the intermission stuff. But yeah, so I think that's about it for the Final Fantasy VII stuff. Literally a day later, we had Game Builder Garage that released for the Switch. And I, I was like, golly, I can't believe that that released this year. I almost forgot about that, to be honest, though. And I thought I this... I feel like... Sorry. Oh, I was going to yeah. say... I know it's, it's, it's probably the wrong use for that word. But this game just feels like false advertising. Where they're like, you know, they advertise it as this game-making tool when that's not what it is at all. Like, you know, people were making all the memes when it was announced, oh, create your own, oh, yo, you, you make the game yourself, and all that, when, no, it's not. It's it's a mini-game creator. A pretty bare-bones mini I think the issue, you could make a game in Game Builder Garage, but the limit is far too low. Yeah, I, like, I feel like this game would have, be like, more targeted of... towards really young players that yeah. would... And it works for it, it, it works it... in the sense of they can learn programming and figure out how to do certain things and how to get around those tasks, which I think that's ideal for those younger audiences. But if you're older and, you, and you, you're almost serious about coding or something like that, it's better to possibly dip your toe in the dreams. If you're interested but don't want to go all the way, you don't have as many restrictions in dreams like on the PlayStation rather than um, Game Builder Garage. Well, yeah, well, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure, like, Dreams is just, like, that game, you can actually... I'm pretty sure, from what I've heard, that game doesn't have limits. Hmm. Like, it's just, oh, okay, I don't know. I don't really think that game has many limits in place. While Game Builder, you have a very strict limit of, like, 500 nodes or whatever they are. Yeah. Or something like that. And con would... nodes and connections are, like, very limited. You can... So many people have created demos of games, and you just can't create more. You just can't. There's, the limit is too low. Like, that one Doom one, when someone, they made, like, Doom Eternal, and it was, like, a little tech demo of a moveset. 
Literally just the moveset, a basic training room, and the music filled up the entire storage. Hmm. Oh, goodness. I've seen people saying it was a performance thing, but I don't get it, because the game is made entirely of, like, blocks. It's, like, very simplistic looking. Yeah. But I will give, as a mini, you know, credit where as a, it's due. So, oh, yeah, I'll give yeah. credit where it's due, because I think this, you know, this is definitely one of Nintendo's um, interesting takes, because, like, what, in terms of those weird games that sort of kind of unique, like, like what, we, we came off of with Labo VR, turned around and had, um, you know, Ring Fit, so then Game Builder Garage is kind of like in that next one that's kind of like the experimental phase, and I think Game Builder Garage kind of built off of some of the stuff that Labo VR had, because I think there was like a game yes. maker-ish mode, is. and they, okay. they took that as like its core and expanded upon it and made it its own game with the Game Builder Garage. That's that's where most of the inspiration kind of came from. Labo VR didn't do as good as they hoped, so they just took that engine and used it again. That That's like what a lot of people have said. Yeah. Because, yeah, Labo VR, it was an interesting concept, but it was on Labo. It was not like... And also, it had, the limit was still there. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So it takes too many. It takes too many complicated steps to do one simple thing in that, hmm. because you know it's not meant to be this big tool as they called it. It is meant to be something you mess around with for a little while, and then put down exactly like a kid's toy. Yeah, pretty much. Like, so. but yeah, it's just. And yeah, they just they just announced it one morning and like released it like three months later. It was definitely not a high priority announcement for Nintendo. I seen people acting like this was the next big thing. You could make your own games in it. No, you can't. They lied. Yeah, pretty much. And I think that's about it in terms of uh, that. Now we did have in the month of June. We did have Nintendo's Direct, and gosh, they they announced quite a bit of stuff. We got to see like our brand new look at Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Shoot, doing that whole crazy jump through the sky and stuff like that. I'm trying to think what else they announced. Super Mario Party uh, Superstars where we're like, oh, finally, it seems like they're making a good Mario Party game. And then, oh, the stinger of it all. And the thing I can always go back and look at that direct oh, and be like, oh, shoot. It, 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 it was that Metroid Dread. And I flipped out. I literally you know, flipped sorry, out. It, I was like, you wanna what know the, the thing heck? that's weird? The, the weird thing about that announcement is that it just, it, it, you know, it was announced and we already have it. It just, it's already here. And it's so weird. All half, all like three out of those four games shown at that E3 are already out. It's so cool. That was one of the best E3s we've ever gotten from Nintendo. Like the amount of new game announcements we got. These were all new games, by the way. Yeah, you know, much. Mario Party, WarioWare, uh, Breath oh, of the yeah, Wild. Oh, yeah, they announced WarioWare, too, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, like, Mar Breath of the Wild was already announced, technically. But, you know, we still got new info on it that we had never gotten before. And also, Breath of the Wild, you know, 2022. We are in the year of Breath of the Wild 2, unless it gets delayed. Oh, yeah, ooh. Oh, I can't wait. 
But I think those were like the three major things I think that we yeah. pulled away from that direct. There was also some little stuff, but for the sake of time, some of it we want we'll still wind up talking about because as I keep going through these release dates though, and then other stuff, you know, has this you know extra stuff up in that direct though. But I think on July, oh, oh, no, we're not in July yet. No, on June the twenty fourth, uh, we had Legend of Mana that released. You can go back and oh, watch fuck. my video on that, and. I was feeling some sort of kind of mixed way even going through and playing it while, I, you know, because I normally go through and play games that I buy on the Switch and do like a launch stream of it. I was feeling pretty mixed on it. Went back and played some stuff off stream and uh, I was kind of disappointed at this because I really want to be a Mana fan. Like I really love like, what I played with Charles and Mana. So I was like, oh, Legend of Mana was technically the fourth game in the series. It's not mainline. It's still side series or whatever, though. But I was still interested to see how it played. I don't know. It's just something about that combat. It, it just kind of felt off to me. So I was like, I was kind of bummed out about that. I have never played it. So yeah, I wouldn't know. And I do remember Sonic. Um, he he was kind of glad that he was able to watch my launch stream of it because uh, that made him make the decision of not buying the game because he was almost thinking about getting it like how I did. So I guess I I have to bite the bullet on that. Being a slowly rising Mana fan, though, I guess I have to bite the bullet on that one though. But I do remember it was um it is Legend of Mana's um. Is it 20th or 25th anniversary? Or is it 30th anniversary? It's one of them three. Anyway, it's it's their anniversary coming up, and I do know they're, they're making plans of releasing a brand new Mana game, along with some other Mana announcements and stuff like that, though. So there's other good things to kind of look forward to the future, though. So, you know, this, this ain't the only thing that's coming out. So I, that was my key takeaway, though. But that's basically it on Legend of Mana. And uh, I think the next thing up on my list, we had... Um, on on June the twenty fifth, Mario Golf Super Rush. Oh my god! I don't want to talk about this fucking game. <laughs> I didn't personally I get it. I know there's a lot of people that did, and I know the main thing that most it. people kind of oh oh you got it. I fucking got. I got it for me. I got. Not only did I get it, I gave it. I like bought it for Atomic and Sonic. And oh, Atomic. Like basically never played it, and Sonic and me only played it like once in a while when they had a new update. Very Damn. rarely. Because I felt I like they did one major game. update, and that was about it. Mario Tennis was at least more consistent, from what they I saw. They technically did too. They did. The, they did the fucking. They did what Mario Maker Two did, where they were like, "Oh, we have." New content update. Look forward to new. Look forward to frequent content updates. Two updates later. This is our last content update. I hate, <laughs> hate it. Why? Like you know, when 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 people say that they're doing multiple of something, they don't mean fucking two. They don't mean they're doing two things. Like come on, Nintendo. Fuck you. Fuck Bro. you, Nintendo. I love you, Nintendo, but fuck you. You're only saying That's that because you spent 180 bucks on that game and barely played it. Come on. Yeah, because it's it's got a very low amount of content even after the updates. Uh, you know it's good and fun. well. You know good like, and well. Unless it's Mario Strikers, you should not ever pay 180 bucks on Mario Sports games. Come on, man. Mario Sports Mix is good. Have you ever played that? No, I haven't played that. Have you ever played Mario Superstars or the baseball one? No, Back I haven't in the played early that. 2000s? that one's Was good. that one on the GameCube? 
It's on the GameCube and the Wii. Like a I was trying to convince Sonic. Sonic has like two copies of that game. I was trying to convince him. Say, hey man, you know if you ship that over to my house, I pay for the shipping. Just, 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 just send me that game. You got an extra one, but he he don't want to jump through the extra hoops. And I'm like, bruh. Yeah, that's fair. I sent him my I sent him my PS4. There was sixty dollars shipping charge. <laughs> what? Oh dear. Sixty dollars shipping. Dang. Because I got like a, a decently sized box. Because I also had to fit an extra package in there. Uh, oh, man, just that's my crazy. gut. Yeah. All right, but yeah. So that was about it on that. And then um. I think the last thing of the month, which I think it might have been originally revealed in the E3 Direct, though, but we managed to get Kazuya um, added into Smash Bros. Ultimate as the, yeah. what was it, the fifth the fifth character of the DLC Wave 2. And I was like, okay, you know what? I was like, you know what? It, it was pretty cool. I wasn't expecting a Tekken character to get it, but then again, if we look at it and we had like a Street Fighter character... Uh, two of them actually, and then turn around and we had a um a, a Fatal Fury character. So I was like, you know what? I should have expected Tekken. He kind of threw me off in his reveal trailer because I was like, wait, who the heck is this? I was like, is this Tekken? Like I kind of did it as like a question mark, and then I was like, oh okay. But anyone is. anyone who's seen like the cliff scene immediately knew it was Tekken. I like fans of it knew. Yeah. And from what I've heard, it's like, you know, it's a very big love letter to Tekken. His moveset, everything about his moveset, his moves. Well, like, well, yeah, his has stage, like 20-something the... oddball moves, like all the directional inputs. I was like, you know what? It's because of that reason why I can't use a lot of fighting characters like, you know, Ryu and, you know, all of them up in there. Because they're combos, man. And especially with Kazuya, this, this dude's crazy. Yeah, he, you know, he certainly is crazy. Got that right. Like, you even have some that you hold the down stick on, and halfway before he stands up to, like, his neutral position, I think if you hold down and wait halfway whenever he stands up, and then if you hit A, you punch the dude, and they go into a stun lock. But doing that is tough. And then between all the directional yeah, moves, you know, you I was down, like, golly. Yeah, you, quickly yeah, you quickly tap down, and then let go of down, and then and then punch. That's what it is. Yeah, I was like, oh, goodness. There's a lot of good stuff. If you put the time into him, he can probably be a really good character, but I, I that's just too much for me to remember. So I was like, I, I usually just won't dabble with him too much outside of just, like, a fun random match or whatever. Oh, like, he is, from what I've heard, like, he's pretty good competitively. He's also, the, like, have you seen... One of my favorite things with him is how, like, when you do a throw, it changes the camera angle. Oh, most I, the, I, like, do, most I do his... love that, that, that 2.5-ish kind of D thing. Yeah. Especially with one-on-ones. It happens more so with the 1v1s. Yeah, and also, like, the fact that, like, yeah, basically everything with him is ripped directly from Tekken. You know, it's like Bandai Namco kind of deserved more representation. They developed the game. They don't really get it. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, because I was thinking they might have got a, a second Bandai rep or whatever, though, but, yeah, they finally got it, so I was like, oh, okay, well, that's that's good on their part, though, but I think that's about it in terms of the month of June, and then we'll jump over to July, where July literally ripped out my wallet oh, and tore me Sorry, up. Sorry, Oh, what up? Uh, I know you didn't put it on the list, and I'm going to go in, like, 15 minutes, by the way. 
Like, uh-huh. I'm just going to stay for a bit longer. But I, I, you didn't put it on your list. But if you haven't gotten to it yet, I would absolutely recommend playing It Takes Two. It came out in March. The game, game of, of the year. year, bro. It's extremely good. It feels like a Nintendo game. Where it's constantly shaking things up. It's original. It's got great level design. Great visuals. I think you'd like it. And also, like, the online is really good. If you... And... Yazard, maybe, I don't know, if you're up to play it at all, we can, because it's got that really cool feature where, like, as long as one person owns it, you can both play it. Oh, I got you. Wait, but you own it on PC, didn't you? Yeah, but, like, you know, you have, technically, you can, I own it on my laptop, and it work, it plays perfectly. So, so you can I, play this I game. download it off of Steam or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah, like the friends pass for it. Basically, you'd be, you'd have no problem playing it. I'm just saying, like the game like that, it's like really cool to see a co-op game be developed nowadays. When mostly nowadays we get like single-player games, and that's it. Yeah, I, I might dabble with that with you in the future. I don't know, maybe I'll make a video on it or something like that though. But it's fun. I, I think that'd it's be like ten fun. hours. It's like ten hours long, but it constantly shakes things up. Okay. Like, all the time, the game changes. That's all I'll say. Um, okay, so we're up to July, right? Yeah, so we're up to July. So, July the 9th, we, the, and July was the month that stole all my money. Like, they, they stole my wallet and then my secondary wallet, too. July the 9th, we had the release of Monster Hunter Stories 2. And I was like, oh, shoot, because I, I really did love and enjoy that game. I have not finished it yet because they released too many games in the month of July, and I had to kind of split my time up between everything, though. So, but I, I still got to keep working on that game because I really do like the way how they implemented RPG elements with the Monster Hunter series, but you also still the unique thing of your buddies with monsters instead of just, like, going out and killing every monster like you do in Monster Hunter Rise. So I, I did like that kind of aspect, and then they definitely changed some stuff up. But I really do like the formula, how they kind of operate things, the battle system and stuff. And there's just a lot in that package. And I think there's even a demo out where you can play through the first almost five to seven hours-ish of the game. And you can transfer all that same progression to the main game as well, though. So I highly recommend it. Um, If you're kind of curious about Monster Hunter, but maybe you don't like, or maybe you tried Monster Hunter in the past and you don't like the original version, but you like RPGs. But the Monster Hunter is still kind of itching a little bit. That that might be the game that you might personally like. I don't know. I, I've been having a real fun blast with it from what I played so far, though. But but yeah, it, it's, it's pretty good. It. I haven't beaten it, but I do have it. I do like it. Yeah, so you're in the same boat as me on that one. All right, but I think that's about it for Monster Hunter Stories 2. And then on the 16th, we finally got the long-awaited last game that needed to get its HD visual on, that being Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. And I was like, okay, you know what? I was like, I knew I probably wasn't gonna get the game and go through and beat it all again, because I I think I played the game twice all the way through on the original Wii, but I didn't know I wanted to get it just to have it in my collection and say, hey, now I own every re-release of the... um, of the the Legend of Zelda games, except for Wind Waker. Wind Waker's the only one I'm missing now. But um, but yeah, it, it was the next one on this list. So I, I went through and played. I think I got all the way up to pretty close to Farron Woods, um, where you're about to go into the tower to see Zelda on the ground right there. Like that was after the first imprisoned counter and everything like that. 
So, or was yeah. it the person prison? No, I don't think I ran into the prison just yet. But yeah, that's where I was at, and that's as far as I made it. <clears throat> but did you have anything yeah, to say on that, Steven? Um, I didn't play it, but I've heard it's the definitive version of that game. Oh, and the whole button controls thing. So you don't have to do all thing motion control now. Well, you can do a button control. I don't even then. mean that. Yeah. I don't even mean that. They made it so you could skip through text faster, making the beginning of the game a lot less slow. They, uh, from what I've heard, they uh, like made it just overall faster. Being 60 FPS is a huge ass improvement to that game. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like to be honest, I watched like a YouTuber say it like bluntly. Like, the HD version of Skyward Sword is probably a better than, like, emulated versions at the moment. Or, like, at, at least on par with, like, a version, the best, like, version you could emulate. Yeah. If you have, like, a really, like, you know, like, HD high-end PC. Yeah, because that's, that's 60 frames per second know, in the free-roaming camera. Ooh. Yeah, because, like, the problems with Skyward Sword aren't performance or anything, or, like... It's like problems with Skyward Sword or just with the game itself, like being slow and tedious and bad. I mean, just slow. Mm -hmm. Skyward yeah. Sword's a weird ass game because, uh, like, a lot. It's very It's like probably the most divisive Zelda game. A lot of people like it. A lot of people don't like it. The story is really I good. I really love the story. Like, like literally, I yeah. put Skyward Sword up there in terms of my most enjoyable Legend of Zelda games. It's literally Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild. Skyward Sword for the story, Breath of the Wild for the gameplay. Both of those two respectively yeah. like that, and they, they both hold like a pretty close um part in my heart for Legend of Zelda series. I think Skyward Sword, Skyward Sword, and like Breath of the Wild, show two completely different sides of the Zelda series. Where Zelda, Breath of the Wild has amazing gameplay, tons of unique content, but a really bad story. Like Breath of the Wild's story is just like non-existent. And, and I like, think that's largely uh, due to the fact that with it being an open world, most open world games typically don't have super crazy stories or anything like that. Like, if they have like happen. an average, if they have an average story, yeah. you, you just lucked out. But most of the time, it's just kind of the major focus is it the can, gameplay. It can happen, though. Like, I think, like, Witcher has, like, a pretty decent story from what I've heard. And, like, you know, like, developed characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't played them. That's just what I've heard. But yeah, yeah. Um, it, like you know, there there are more games. It's just that I don't play a lot of. I don't play a bunch of open world games. I guess. Yeah. It's just the whole fact that yeah, it's good. It's like Skyward Sword's good. It's like not really much I could say. So if you hadn't it's played like, Skyward Sword. You're doing yourself a disservice. Have, Go play it. I have not played it. Yeah, I just don't really, not very interested in buying it for sixty dollars. But like, it's not because it's, it's not even because it's not worth it. Because like, you know, it's a Zelda game. It's worth sixty dollars. It's just that it's been ten years. It shouldn't be sixty dollars. And also, the amiibo thing was pretty bad. No, the amiibo thing was fine by me. I was gonna get it no matter what. All right, so anyway. Yeah, but like, 
Locking, <laughs> locking the feature behind Amiibo is Bruh, not good it is at not a hundred percent necessary exactly to do that. Why Nintendo doesn't lower their prices? Oh hey, yeah. Hey, they know they know people like me were gonna get it regardless. I, I just wanted it for the figurine. When they added that extra little bonus, I was like, that was just a cherry on top. But even it then, just, I felt like it wasn't anything. it wasn't like a hundred percent necessary because those bird statues were all over the map anyway. I never had an yeah. issue with that in the original game. But uh yeah, I guess it is what it is. But uh, all it does is all it does is make speedruns a living hell because you need that keep an amiibo card at all times and you need to like rely on like NFC working. Hmm. Like yeah. I've seen like for example, I I know we already you already passed this game. Have you ever seen Bowser's Fury? Like the game is about half an hour faster if you use amiibo. I hadn't seen those speedruns, but I imagine so. The game with, is like with, 20 minutes. Uh, you know, uh, the Bowser stuff, which it takes time yeah. for. You have to optimize and run a certain yeah, you route can plan, you, you can plan a near-perfect route if you, like, plan accordingly with the Bowser amiibo. But that's besides the point. Now, these this game, I have a lot to say about this next one. Alright, so yeah, so after The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, we did get, on the 21st, Pokemon Unite. I know when they originally announced this game, people were sort of kind of feeling mixed, because remember how, like, what you said about that Pokemon Direct earlier this year, there was two main parts. We got one that um, announced some things, and then the second one, people were expecting, I think this was before Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were announced, um, they were thinking something big like that was going to happen because they said there was another whole part to the to the thing. And lo and behold, yeah. that second part was Pokemon Unite. Most mobile games, at and least was, here in the West, they don't you know get received that well over there in the East, yes, like over there do. in China. Yes, they do. Well, some, they get some, do, some, well some do, but I'm just talking about like the general audience. Like you get the core people, like those core people, some people like MOBAs, yes. Like, you, you know, yeah, you like, get those kind of yeah, groups of people. You, know, you say Zard, you say that, but like more people play League of Legends in a minute than people that play like something like Metroid Dread. Like a game well, that I, mean, I would say obviously I that. enjoy. More. Obviously that, yeah. But like, if League you were to compare like a League of, of Legends to ever. I don't know, Halo or something something else that's kinda of big or shoot, even Call of Duty. That's all I would say on that part. But I mean compared to some other type of um genres of games, it it, it doesn't hold a candle, at least here. For the mass majority of people, if you start also digging into that casual audience, though. But anyway, people were kind of misled. They were expecting more. They were thinking, like, on the lines of the main series game or the remakes. And we didn't get that. So I remember it didn't get received well at the Wait, very beginning. But then by the time we got I'm the game in sure. our hands, that's when people started really weren't, liking it. Weren't? BDSP already announced at this point? When were those games no, announced? I, 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 they weren't announced at E3. I th but they I, were not I don't. I know they weren't announced E3. in February. They were, on here. they were announced much earlier. They were they already were earlier, announced at this but point. But I felt like they didn't announce them in February because remember, people were thinking we were getting remakes then. Was it like some weird? Oh no! Sorry, was there a Pokemon, Pokemon direct before E3? Sorry, was there a... you know, here's. You... Here's what you're confusing. Pokemon Snap and Unite were revealed in 2020. Unite was revealed a year ago. Because Snap oh, okay, was also okay. delayed that, that, that's, in 2021. Uh, okay. 
So I'm confused. Okay, yeah, so that's right. Yeah, those were announced in they were announced in 2021, like what you said. June, and June, by and by that June point, 2020. Yeah, and at that point, we didn't have any confirmation of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl or any remakes or main series at that point. That's why people were still expecting it. So I was right on that aspect, but then it wasn't until like February of this year. I think that's when they announced Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl at that Man, moment. People... There we go. So people, people were super sketch about that game, mostly because of Tencent. And that too, that too. Well, not not that's like the main reason. People just really did not like the idea of like Pokemon collaborating with Tencent. And 2020, I'm pretty sure it was like when all the free Hong Kong stuff happened, and China was not looking pretty good at the moment. So like, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. It was, it was, it was the worst place at the worst time. <laughs> and I do remember I at least going through and playing through the game. It was actually fairly good. I, I mean, I remember we kind of got up into it. It was me, you, what was it, Yoshi, and um, gosh, one other person up in Yoshi's server or whatever. Sonic, uh, Sonic, Atomic and somebody else as well. Atomic, yeah, Atomic actually. That's probably the most I played with Atomic in a while, though. But yeah, yeah, we were we were up in it. We were we were almost about to form a clan or whatever, though. And then somehow wait, we just wait, fell wait, off. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? What? You play Splatoon with him? No, I said no. In a while, like I have played okay. with him, but oh. that was the most consistent I played with Atomic on something. Yeah. Well, guess what? Uh, the thing about Pokemon Unite is that it killed itself. It just lost steam because. Oh, because we kept doing like, some of them balance no, changes, just, and I also would say like the fact that in terms of the main big map, there was only just one. And I felt like if you would have no, put a couple the, of no. more up in there, at least for me personally, the the map is what kind of I was like, man, I was like, I'm doing the same map over and over. That's what kind of got to me what? though. But for some other people, it's, it's I guess some of the Pokemon well, and just some of the you other don't play stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I could use a little variety. At least just give me three to work with. I mean, come on. I'm pretty sure the thing the thing that mostly killed the game is that it's, it's just it's just fucking League of Legends, but Pokemon. There's no like individuality. People just like it because it's League of Legends. It doesn't hmm. feel unique. It's not uniquely Pokemon or uniquely League of Legends. It's just Pokemon. It's just League of Legends with the Pokemon skin. Yeah. So basically, like, I don't get the audience. It was, I guess it was supposed to get Pokemon fans interested in MOBAs. But uh, that's a terrible idea. Um, well, obvious, I don't know. They were trying to get Pokemon fans to spend money on a MOBA. Because, you know, Pokemon fans will buy anything. But mm -hmm. they went kind of too far and charged $40 for skins. Which Pokemon fans, well, that's too expensive for them. They, you know. Pokemon fans only get $60 a year and it's to buy the new games. Yeah. At least right that's what it that. fucking feels like. It, feel, it feels like Pokemon fans get their fucking yearly allowance from their parents for, like, being good boys in school and, and it's just for uh, just for Pokemon games. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much so. And I guess that's about it in terms of Pokemon Unite. Pretty good, fun game, but, uh, yeah. If you hadn't tried it out, it's probably worth dabbling with. It's pretty good. And then on uh, the July... Was, I, oh, sorry, sorry, I was just going to say, the main problem why we all stopped playing it 
it's because of Zapdos. Zapdos <laughs> is not the fun mechanic. And they have that not fixed it. That dude will literally swing the whole battle in the last three minutes. I tell you, Steven, every time, go up there and get that Zapdos. You'd be on the left corner of the map. And so help me. I was like, man, we already lost. I was like, golly. Yeah, that's the issue, is that it would decide games, but it wasn't fair. Or like, you know, you could be winning 500 to 300, and it'd be like, okay, you know, we have to defend. But then they get Zapdos, and they don't even have to, like, try. All they need to do is run to your base, press a button, and they get an instant, instant score. And not just an instant score, double fucking points. Double points as well. That's the thing that sucks. Is that like it's you know like you you don't even have to try, just win. And yeah, like w getting Zapdos, even if you were like losing pretty badly, you end up winning, which is not how it works. It shouldn't reward being bad at the game and getting lucky. Yeah. I just okay. feel bad because I would have I would have played a lot more of that game. They're still adding new shit. They added like. Decidueye, they did add my boy Dragonite, like, and I was like, ooh. But yeah, they, yeah, they had some get, good stuff not, up in there. But yeah, it's we, not gonna get me to play the game, sadly. It almost did for me. It almost. But let's go ahead and bounce on to the next thing. So on, so on July the twenty seventh, we did get the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, and you know what? Th this was that one game that was never localized over there in or localized for here over here in the West. It was something that was only stuck in Japan. And I know like long-term Ace Attorney fans, like my, my good friend Bronto, uh, they, they've been sitting and waiting on this one. And then they, they finally it said, Hey, we're going to, and it, yeah, it was, well, it was in the Giga League. It was in the Giga League for the, uh, the Capcom League, which detailed which a lot of different stuff that was Rise. up there. It, we, that's yeah. how we got, that's how we got Rise Sunbreak. Like, or like the first, we, that's how we figured out that Rise was not only getting a DLC, but that it was going to be the same level of Worlds DLC. Yeah. So, yeah, so with, with that game, they localized it. I like how they have, like, even the voice actors in it. They all sound British and stuff, kind of very suiting to the, the area where they're doing the mysteries and stuff. I still hadn't beaten the game yet. I'm midway on the first game. Like, I'm like, because the first game has, like, what, five major trials? And I'm on the third one. So I'm, like, halfway through the first game. And I, I still need to finish the rest of the game up, though. But everything I've been playing so far, I've been really liking and enjoying it and stuff. I just got to sit down. I might literally have to pull out, like, because I think when the Ace Attorney regular trilogy dropped, I, I just made a habit of almost every Sunday just playing Ace Attorney. I'll just kind of sit back and just go through and play. Might have to do that with this one so I can kind of power through and get through the rest of this thing, though. But honestly, I really did like it and enjoy it, though. And hopefully the next thing that's up in the line for Ace Attorney might be an Ace Attorney 4, 5, 6 trilogy. Who knows? Before we might get an Ace Attorney 7, hopefully, surely, soonly. I don't know. But overall, a really good series. And even on the same exact day, we also managed to get the release of Neo, The World Ends With You. I was going back and forth between Grace Ace Attorney and Neo, The World Ends With You. I literally can only stream one of these games on the launch day, and I have to, um, and then I have to do like a um, like a Game and Watch session later on in that week for the other one though. But Neo, The World Ends With You was the game that I was mostly anticipating the most. Because, you know, with the original version of the game, you have to use a stylus and whatnot, though, or slash if you played the one on the Switch, 
the HD ver that you know, like the one that got ported HD version over to the Switch, you either have to use the Joy-Cons weirdly or you have to use the play it in handheld form. I literally the only way I could play through that was like through handheld form. But the fact that they went all buttons on this one and the action and stuff is really fluid and stuff like that. And you just bounce around between all these different characters and stuff. And then it, they have this whole unique, unique story for just a new character, but it also implements the stuff that it built on within the first game and wrapping up um, Neku's story um, in terms of, you know, the stuff that was kind of teased with the new day that was um, introduced within the, the final remix version of the first game. Uh, this felt like a complete package for both this game individually as well as wrapping up and concluding some stuff from the first game. I I, I just love every little bit of it. I know me and Bronto, uh, that, ooh, shoot, we ranked this one high. Wow. And I still uh -huh. hate the fact that they got gypped from game of the uh, from any kind of thing with the game awards. Like it didn't get no RPG, it, it didn't get nothing. I was like, it didn't even get the musical score. I was like, no, oh, th this was just jipped. And that's the thing that kind of checked my hive most with with the game awards thing. I was like, bro. Oh, were you about to say something, Steven? Oh, I was just gonna say that this game, uh, after this game, it's just kind of obvious that Square Enix doesn't know how to. Square Enix does not know how to advertise anything that's not Final Don't Fantasy. Don't even get me started. Oh, shoot. Literally, this game this should game have sold a hard. lot more than yeah. what it is. Literally, if you go on Twitter, there's people like me and other people on Twitter that was advertising this game a whole lot more. Don't yeah. even get me started. Because literally in E3, um, and I think you're probably about to say this too, though, but even in E3, when they had the Capcom presentation, which honestly was like one of the lowest ranking um, E3 presentations out of all the other companies, they focused so much on Guardians of the Galaxy, which I felt like it was going to sell itself anyway, but they spent so much time on that and did not give a single Wait. nod to Neil the World Ends With You, which was released Wait, in the very Capcom? next month. Did I say Capcom? But, but I meant um yeah. I meant Square Enix. Square, Square Enix. Enix. Well, Square Enix. Yeah, but yeah, but here's the thing: Square Enix doesn't care about Neo. The world ends with you. They did it because like they thought the the cult fan base for the game was big enough when it wasn't. Like, I'm pretty sure World Ends with You Final Mix only sold. Like it was a one time. It was like a one time thing. The series got its one big like little revitalization. You got your one chance world ends with you. You're not going to get another one. People literally only remember that game because of Kingdom Hearts nowadays. Uh, I don't know. It just gets me sad. I really enjoy the game. Yeah. I just well, kind of hate how oh, yeah, it kind of underperformed. It's sad, but... And it got jipped from Game of the Year. Like, literally, if they would have got some kind of nomination in that, that might have helped it a little bit more. But I'm just like, what the heck? Oh, it's <sighs> sad, all right, Zard. But, uh... That's kind of their fault for just not talking about it that much. And also revealing it on, like, a very... Like, I'm pretty sure, like, a Japanese-only live stream it was, like, revealed, right? Or something like that? Maybe something like that. And it didn't it help was like... the fact that it released in the month of July where you had Monster Hunter Stories 2, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, The Great Ace Attorney, and he even had a Pokemon game that came out in there. And it, on top of it, it was a mobile game. And just being a Pokemon game, July was already packed I'm as it pretty... is. And it, that did not help at all either. I am pretty sure that Ace Attorney did sell well. So it was literally just people having to choose which one they wanted more. And the sad reality is that people that were gonna buy, like, anyone who wasn't gonna buy Neo The World,
world ends with you probably wasn't going to get their mind changed by yeah. any last-minute advertisement. Because, like, from what I've heard, that game is pretty basic, right? Like, you, you go in knowing exactly what you're going to get. There's no, like, big selling point. It's just fucking basic. And that's not a bad thing. But, like... Mm -hmm. I don't know, they just didn't fucking show this game. They, just, they were, they were like, they refused to advertise it. Yeah. yeah little fucking, is. little fucking Nintendo was like, okay. Uh, well, actually, I can't even say Nintendo. Because it released on PS4 as well. So, hmm. like, Square Enix just did not care at all. Nothing to say. Yeah, it's sad. Oh, it's it's sad, alright, but too fucking bad. This, yeah, obviously, obviously, the fans that were said they were gonna show support either forgot it came out or didn't have time to play it because there was so much other shit. Yeah, it it was a sad and unfortunate. Now, normally, I will go ahead and jump straight over to the August game. And then I looked down at the time, and I was like, you know what? There's no way I'm finishing the rest of this year in review, plus my game of the year picks. So I'm going to have to cut the podcast short right here and there. This is literally going to be split into a part one and a part two. So I know how I mentioned earlier we were going to also talk about the game of the year stuff. That's going to have to be held off for the next podcast. And I don't know if I'll wait a full two weeks. I might just wait until next week to try to finish out the rest of the stuff. So it'll throw off the schedule a little bit. I usually don't do back-to-back -back podcast weeks, but I think I might just to try to get this one wrapped up. So hopefully there's not like a ton of news that just randomly gets dropped and I still have to add that into the podcast. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to split this up. And I think for the most part, at least when I do the second half of the, my year-end review, I think we'll be able to get through that and maybe our game of the year picks and be able to combine that. Cause I, cause between January and July, I had the biggest drop of games. Like that, that was a lot of stuff that me and you, Steven kind of went through. And then, uh, September, October, November is kind of fairly packed too. August and December oh, are pretty, fucking... oh, August and, August and December are really low, but yeah, September, October, uh -huh. and November. Oh my gosh. Like, like I know that, that, that can carry Darn. it. That can carry it in itself. It's... It's mostly October. Don't kid. It, it's mostly it's October. October is going to have most of the beefiest conversation, though. But, I mean, the way how we've been talking and discussing, even on some of the lesser topics, I mean, shoot, we still spend a good amount of time on those. Oh, oh, and the yeah, oh, and I got a big like thirty minute section when we get to the next podcast about little Five Nights at Freddy's security breach in uh, in December, even though it's not a Nintendo game. I'm gonna talk about it. Alrighty. Well, if you, if you're here on the like, next one, we'll talk that's, about that's, it. That's yeah, that's my yeah. Like there really was no games I was interested in in December, and then <laughs> that game, you know. But uh, so you're gonna stop it here? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stop it right here, and then um, yeah. Normally, if I had a little bit of extra time, I would have tagged in like you know those those old traditional segments of you know what we've been watching what we've been playing as well as um uh community questions but I, I don't even have time to even squeeze those up in here though I mean, yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry. Gonna change the title and everything that, though but ooh. that's fair because i was gonna go to bed soon anyway hacks has already left yeah hacks only came in here for like one brief little thing and then um 
And that was it. I think he was I, just listening. Yeah. At least for the most part, though. But yeah, we'll go ahead and start shutting things down, though. But uh, Steven, tell our folks uh, where they can find you at. You can find me on speedrun.com as Steven Jr. 123. Speedrunning Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach until I finally realize it's not worth it. Bruh. Alright. But yeah, Zard, I. Yeah, I submitted a speedrun for that game, as, and it actually got verified for some yeah. fucking reason. You, you ain't playing with your speedrun stuff. I thought you were, like, halfway listen, for jokes. Listen, man. Listen, man. Speedrunning speed is... Speedrunning is, like, the new crack. Bro. I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. I'm tired. I'm gonna go to bed. See you, Zard. Alright, we'll see you later, man. Well, that that's basically gonna do it for this episode 23 of my Zardcast. So, uh, in my episode 24, I will go through and discuss my second half of my year-end review, and I'll go through and discuss the rest of those um, games. It, it'll be for the games for August to the tail end of the year. So, we roughly about hit the halfway mark um, for the most part, though. So, so yeah. So, we hit a pretty good stopping point right here, though. But, yeah. So, thank you all for tuning in. And hopefully here soon. It might be next week. I might not wait till two weeks. But it might be next week. We'll try to finish the rest of that. And hopefully, if we can squeeze it in, maybe my game of the year um, picks as well, though. So, that's going to do it. For my Zarcast episode 23 review. So if you really like this, um, you really like this video, make sure to go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and that bell to stay up to date on all things video game related that I feel like talking about and discussing for the foreseeable future. If you happen to be watching this on one of my podcast servers, whether that be Spotify, Google, Apple, or my somewhat fairly new Amazon Music, um, go ahead and just go ahead and share review. Just go ahead and you know just just share that you know. Share this podcast around. Just let them know we have a good time just talking about video games and pop culture segment related Marvel stuff here and there whenever we do get it. Gosh, it's going to be a while until we get the next Marvel movie. Like, what, Doctor Strange doesn't come out until, like, May? So, yeah, a little, it'll be a little ways away, though. And I do definitely have some major channel updates. You'll be seeing them here fairly soon Um, whenever I do drop out some of my next videos um, when they're just like standard uploads maybe implement a few things along with my um with my streams as well though so yeah just some kind of things to kind of keep in mind i do have some plans with us being in a brand new year of 2022 so i, I got some things planned um for the channel so just kind of keep an eye out on it though but that's gonna about do it for this episode though so remember y'all until we're a video i make next see y'all